Our gospel this morning is indeed from St. Mark, from the sixth chapter. It's found on page 1562 in the Pew Bible. Mark 6, verses 30 through 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, That would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And he also divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Now, today's uh, gospel tells us when he went ashore. Well, let let me start at the beginning. Hopefully I have my page one here. I don't. How does that happen? Panic in River City. Today's gospel tells us that um, he went ashore uh, after having been followed by the people. 
they recognized him on the boat. They could tell where he was going. And so what Jesus had proposed to his disciples as a time of uh, rest, he basically said, hey, let's go on a cruise. Get out of here and unwind a little bit. Because you guys have been busy, you've been casting out demons, you've been curing people, you've been teaching my word, you don't have enough time to eat, you're going to get burnt out, so let's go on a cruise. And they headed off across the lake, and they were going to be at a beachside retreat, and it was all ruined. And rather than be like me, when you see that plans don't come the way that you wanted to them. Jesus is opposite. It says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. There's a Greek word I'm going to teach you, and it describes the uh, sense of compassion that Jesus had, and it comes from the heart. Jesus had, and this is a Greek word describes, it's called splonknizomai, splonkzidzomai. It is a powerful compassion that he felt for these people, a compassion that comes from the depths of his inner being. I'd like to think that I could have splonknizomai feelings for somebody, but that's something Jesus had, and anything that I have that comes close would be a, not even a close proximity, just kind of a counterfeit of it. Splonk nizomai. Compassion for the people that are interrupting and crowding around his self and his, his disciples. Now, as the good shepherd... He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. They were helpless. They were lost. And as an excellent shepherd, the best that ever could be, he began to care for their souls with his teachings. And the crowds were so intent on his teaching that they forgot that they were out in the middle of nowhere without food. Their desire to be with Jesus, their desire to be with Jesus and to hear his teaching and to receive his gifts had caused them to forget about planning for their physical hunger. The disciples, on the other hand, were very aware of the resources that they needed to feed these people. Because they were out in the middle of nowhere, such a crowd of people would overwhelm the local resources. Imagine such as nearby farms or villages. 5,000 people, all hungry, show up at your farm. Think about it for a moment. Think about the effort that it takes, let's say, to feed a spaghetti meal or fish and bread to 500 people. Then multiply that by the number of 10. And then remember this, that the disciples 
were walking. And the only things that they have to carry food are things like baskets, baskets about the size of a picnic basket. So even if they had enough food or enough money to buy supplies, it would still be a logistical nightmare to, just like that, feed 5,000 people. They were convinced that they were in an impossible situation. Impossible. And so Jesus says to his disciples, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Now, we need to remember that these disciples had just returned from a mission where they cured the sick and they cast out demons. In the name of Jesus, they cast out demons. Now, the right answer from them to Jesus would have been something like, okay, Lord, what did you have in mind? But instead, the disciples began explaining to God why it was impossible for them to feed all of these people. Do you see the difference in the responses? They could have said, okay, Lord, what do you got in mind? But instead they said, it ain't going to happen. How not unlike me. <laughs> Jesus went ahead, and he showed that nothing, once again, would be impossible with God. And he fed those crowds using five loaves of bread and a couple of very unremarkable fish. And when the meal was over, we read that the leftovers were more than the original amount of food that they had begun with. Twelve basketfuls of scraps. And this miracle does more than show us the power of God because it gives us a picture of the holy Christian church. Jesus did not walk up to every single person and hand them their filet fish They didn't have a drive-thru. Instead, he gave the food to his disciples to give to the people. This is the way that the Lord does things. This is the way that he does things. He does a miracle, and then he distributes his gifts through his disciples. Now, the feeding of the 5,000 and later the feeding of the 4,000 provides a picture of Jesus' church in which his miraculous gifts are given by his pastors to us. Can you think of some of those gifts that he gives to the pastors to give to you? You're looking straight ahead at a couple of them. The sacraments. Jesus accomplished the miracle of our salvation by dying for our sins and rising again. His apostles, they're sent into the world to preach that God 
is the good news, that Jesus is the good news of God that walked amongst us. Jesus was baptized, we know, in the Jordan River. And miraculously, he took upon himself our sins and their guilt. Now, his, his, his preachers baptize to deliver that righteousness to us. Jesus miraculously faced a guilty verdict for our sins. And his ministers deliver that not guilty verdict to you. Jesus offered himself on the cross as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His pastors distribute the same flesh and blood of the Lamb of God for us to eat and to drink. Jesus does the work. Amen? Jesus does the work. His disciples distribute the gifts to his people. Now many people forget that. Many people forget that the true reason for going to church to meet Christ and to receive his gifts. Instead, they go to church for entertainment or to keep mom and dad happy or because it is an old habit or for some sort of duty. And from time to time, we all forget that we are here as God's guests. And he deeply desires to serve us from the deep inner core of his being, his splunknizomai. At the center of his heart, he looks upon you and has a desire deep in his heart to give you his gifts. And sometimes we forget that it is called the divine service because it is God's service to us. It might be helpful to remember that Judas, Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus, he was still among the disciples. He was there, along with the rest of the twelve, and he was handing out the bread and the fish. Judas. Do you suppose, let me ask you this, since Judas, and we know what he did, do you suppose that the fish and the bread that Judas distributed was less wholesome and less worthy and less filling than the other food that the, was distributed by the other disciples? Was it less than theirs? Of course not. The fish and the bread were God's gifts to the people in that place. And Judas was just a, another waiter, as were the other disciples. Because the food came from Jesus. Now, during the Reformation, in Martin Luther's day, some of the laity 
found out that their old priests had been corrupt. What is laity? Well, you is laity. Some of the people found out that some of the old priests had been corrupt, and they were worried that everything that a corrupt priest did was invalid. And Luther, full of wisdom, wisdom by the Holy Spirit, he said, and you can read this in the large catechism, it's of the sac- sacrament of the altar, it's uh, paragraph 15. Luther writes this, it is easy to reply to all kinds of questions about which people are troubled at the present time, such as this one. Can even a wicked priest serve at and administer the sacrament? And whatever other questions like this there may be, for here we conclude and say, even though an imposter takes or distributes the sacrament, a person still receives the true sacrament. That is, Christ's true body and blood, just as truly as a person who receives or administers it in the most worthy way. For the sacrament is not founded upon people's holiness, not upon people's holiness, but upon God's word. Just as no saint on earth, indeed no angel in heaven, can make bread and wine be Christ's body and blood, so also no one can change or alter it, even though it is misused. The word by which it became a sacrament and was instituted does not become false because of the person or his unbelief. For Christ does not say, if you believe or are worthy, you receive my body and blood. No. He says, take eat and drink. This is my body and blood. That is like saying this. No matter whether you are worthy or unworthy, you have here his body and blood by virtue of these words that are added to the bread and the wine, period. So, we're winding it up here. The pastor, your pastor, any pastor, is just the waiter. It is Jesus who prepares the meal. It is Jesus who was baptized in the Jordan and made water holy when it is administered with his word according to his command. It is Jesus who earned forgiveness for us and gives the words of forgiveness to the pastor to give to you. It is Jesus who gave his teachings to the prophets and the apostles so that the pastor so that the pastor can give it to you. It is Jesus who gave up his body on the cross for you and administers the same body to you by mouth as the pastor gives you the bread of the sacrament. 
It is Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and administers that same blood to you by mouth as the pastor gives you the wine of the sacrament. Think about it. God in the flesh, his baptism on your skin, his absolution and preaching in your ears, and his true body and blood in your mouth are his gifts to you. Last thing. The ruler of this and every other universe, he loves you. And he wants to give his divine service to you. He wants to give you the gifts. What are the gifts that you receive in his service? He wants to give you the gifts of forgiveness the gift of life and salvation that he earned for you on the cross. And he has opened up heaven for you with his resurrection. And he promised his presence to you with his ascension. And he gives all these things to us. Just as he gave bread, just as he gave fish, to the crowds out in the middle of nowhere. And he sends his servants to bring his service to you. This is why we gather today and every Sunday in worship. In the name of Jesus, amen.